song is about I'm so vain Don't you think this song is about me? Don't you, don't you Today is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am the host of a little show called This Joe Batanz. And uh, I'm doing it with an, an unusual way today, in that uh, I usually close my office window. But today, it's a beautiful day. I'm going to keep that window open. You might hear a car drive by or some birds singing. Doesn't matter. It's This Joe Batanz right here. Like I said at the top of the show, today is Wednesday, May 13th, 2020. My name is Joe Batanz, and I am coming to you live from Southern California, where I'm going to talk about the latest events in my life. Here's the thing, though, and this is probably another reason to shift my recording schedule to, like, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, because... Even though I don't leave the house, I do even less interesting things or fewer interesting things on Wednesdays and Thursdays because those are my days off. And I spend those days, the majority of the time those days, speaking to friends in half-hour increments on the phone. I've already done th- – I'm, I'm actually doing this very responsibly. I'll be honest with you. For the past couple of weeks, I'm not going to lie – I've been lying down playing Animal Crossing, and it's like 9 o'clock, and the Able Sisters close up shop, and I'm like, oh shit, I gotta do this Joe Dance, right? But I'm actually doing it to you, it's about 4.11pm here on the West Coast, and uh, I'm in between, I have, so this morning I had a three hour block of phone calls today, I had uh, Beth, we'll go through each one, it'll be kind of interesting, I had Beth. I had Patrick Keene, comedian Patrick Keene. I had my cousin Natalie. And then I had uh, Jay Ellis. Okay, Jay Ellis. And then, uh, oh, oh, and then Danny. I had a call with Danny today at one. And then uh, at uh, I have a three-hour block. We're in the middle of that three-hour block of just nothing. I got plenty of nothing. And, uh, and I, what did I do? I've done stuff. I had lunch. Again, you know, when you live with retired people, they're leisurely breakfasts and leisurely lunches and leisurely dinners. And uh, I had leisurely lunch. But what did I do between? But we didn't have lunch until like 2.30. I don't know what I did between 1.30 and 2.30. I don't know. I did stuff. I don't know what it was. And then uh, and then for after lunch, I actually, believe it or not, had some work I had to do. You know, I when you run a little a little business as I do, I, you know it's so weird to think because I come on here and I talk about drag queens and my mom doing this and my cousin doing that and blah 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 blah. And it's all silliness, and then there's actually a very serious financial part of this, which is uh, handling my manager. Well, my manager handles me, but uh, dealing with my manager and the advertising uh, media company that represents us as well. And I had to record a, a better help ad. 
And um, and so I, had, I recorded that, and I posted the shows for tomorrow. And then I was supposed to talk to Shane at 4 p.m. today. But then right at 4 p.m., he messaged me and said that uh, he had made a mistake, and he's going to call me at 5. Or I'm going to call him at 5. But uh, he he was in the middle of an errand. So I said, you know what? This is a good time to record this Job of Tance. Now, let's see. Let's let's recap the calls that we've had so far today. What was the big takeaway with the calls for each call? So we had a phone call with Beth today. Now, let me tell you about Beth. I've known Beth, man, probably about 25 years. That sounds about right. I've known her about 25 years. And she was the accountant at the Princeton Review when I worked there. And uh, then we just became friends. And uh, did a lot of things to help me in my life and is a very good person. She's one of those people that I would point to that is a good person. Shit, I got it somewhere in between here, actually. I could, I could literally do a whole podcast about Beth. But um, she's a good person. But like many of my Orange County friends, she is Republican, and even more so, she's married to a crazy conspiracy person, who's a nice guy, but he is a conspiracy theorist. And so she's she's a, a nice person who's in that weird Republican conspiracy wingnut area, and I, I wonder if she struggles with that. I don't know. And uh, like last week, I don't know if I told this story in the show, uh, I was talking to her, and she says, uh, are you one of those people that uh, think that this uh, coronavirus is a, is, a, uh, is a myth by the government, put out by the government? And it, the thought was so ridiculous that I laughed out loud. And then I realized not only was she a, a serious question, but she was also one of those people who buys into that. And I was like, oh, good. So I just changed the subject very quickly. And so uh, today, she picked up, she, Beth is a smart person. So she picked up on it, but she still wants to poke around. And so today she was like, uh, so do you believe these meat shortages? And I go, well, <clears throat> here's the thing. And I don't know what it's like in the rest of the world, but I've already read serious articles about how California was never going to get the short end of the stick on the meat shortages because our supply chain was not going to really be interrupted. That it was going to really be interrupted by people in the Midwest. We're going to get it a lot. Uh, people who uh, were that pork plant, which I know provides a lot of pork for the country, but uh, California has other sources. There were certain places that were really affected by these coronavirus factory closings and the supply chain stuff and blah, 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 blah. California, specifically Southern California, wasn't going to get it that hard if we got it at all. Just the way, and it has nothing that we're a rad state or anything like that. Trust me, there's a lot of shitty things going on here. Just just the way the cookie crumbled. We're just not going to get it that bad. And we have it. My parents went to Costco today. They said it was plenty of meat and plenty of everything for everybody, you know? And, uh, but, you know, what's funny is these uh, Republican conspiracy theorists, they hear, they see this and they see that to them it's proof of the conspiracy. Not that... <laughs> It's similar to... I can't get into it. No, I'll get into it. Because what else am I going to talk about, talk about the show today? My, I'll use my parents as an example. My brother's name, my brother and I talk about all the time. They love local news. Okay? They love the local news. I hate local news. It's really... It's so funny because I watch the local news so rarely now 
that when I walk by and they're watching it, it I find it hard to stomach because I don't know if you, how often you watch the local news, but the phrase, if it bleeds, it leads, really is the mantra of local news. And it just seems like their whole goal is to scare the living shit out of you. To make you think that if you walk outside, you're going to get shot, robbed, murdered, mugged, raped, whatever. All they do is report on these horrible, horrible stories. And it's almost like tragedy porn. It's awful. But also, like, to scare you, is the water you're drinking killing you? Is the air killing you? Is your car killing you? Is your room killing you? And about things trying to kill... And no wonder old people are just scared shitless. They're watching this local news, and they're thinking that everything's trying to kill them. That if they walk outside, they're gonna die. And uh, it's it's troubling. And and of course, they just, in a weird kind of way, love this coronavirus because, again, it's death, murder, coronavirus, death, murder, coronavirus. And um, anyway, I, I love how that came up. But the point is, <laughs> I really want to talk about local news weather. Well, local weather, they need to give you, and I don't know how true it is for other parts of the country, but here in, in, in Southern California, our local news station has to cover a wide area for weather. Uh, as, as you know, probably I wouldn't be surprised if it's gosh, oh man, four hundred square miles or more, maybe even a thousand square miles or more of weather. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to think of how far deep in it goes and the length and everything. And uh, if it, if, you know, and so <clears throat> in doing so, uh. You know, different parts of the state have different weather. And they try and cover as much as they can, but they have to basically generalize. Because otherwise, you can't just say, like, in every city, what's going to be the weather. So my parents watch this. And so if they go, it's going to rain tomorrow uh, in one part, they think that that means that's the weather for everywhere in Southern California. And that's not the case, you know? Uh, the the like for instance where I am can be at especially during the summer twenty or thirty degrees hotter than Malibu. So you have to take you have so really those localized weather apps on your iPhone are the best way to go. My parents for some reason don't believe in that. They will fight with me to this day, even if I'm proven right time after time. They'll say, well. The news said it's going to be 70 degrees tomorrow. And I'm like, uh, the app says it's going to be 84. I'm just telling you what the news said, man. I'm just telling you what the news said. I'm like, okay. It's the same thing here. How the, no, I'm going to tie it in now. I could tell that because what I said didn't line up with Beth's conspiracy theory. That the media... So to, so to Beth, it's easier for her to believe there's a mass media conspiracy set out to trick you than the fact that just things are just different in California than they are in, let's say, Kentucky. That's, that's the, so when you watch, it, and, and so the conservatives rely on this to give misinformation, and I'm talking about the, the conservative media. And I'm not to say that the liberal media doesn't do similar shit. You know, I actually recently, my friend Adam Vaughn, and, and I'll be honest with you, and uh, I don't know many of you that well, but um, I know Adam Vought very well. He's, and he's the only person that I know that is really, to be honest with you, 
as nonpartisan about the media as I am. We're pretty much very close. And I was telling them I saw some headline on Twitter where it said that Donald Trump uh, it, it was a, it was a quote from Judd Apatow. Judd Apatow just commented on something that somebody retweeted, and I would think Judd Apatow probably didn't even watch the video the way I did because I did the same thing Judd Apatow did. Where I saw this headline, it said Trump says um, uh, that the person who got tested by Mike Pence's staff, you know, one day she got tested and she was negative, and then what? Do you, uh, and then the next day she got tested and she was positive. So I don't know about these tests and how accurate or I don't, something like that, right? It was quoting him accurately, but I told Adam Vaughn, I said, "Oh, can you believe what a fucking idiot Trump is?" And then I said, "You know what? I've only seen the headline. I have not actually watched the clip. Let me watch the clip." And when you watch the clip, you realize how the person who tweeted it correctly quoted Trump. It's a correct it's a correct quote. It's a direct quote. But he took it out of context. And what what Trump was saying was, you know, essentially he was trying to say that they've done all the best they could you know they've 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 taken every measure they can they wear masks they do this they one day they're you know they're testing the people and they're testing her and she's negative and then one day she comes in and she's positive so like they're doing what they can that's essentially what he was trying to say he wasn't trying to say the the tests are false and pointless but when you present it that way it comes off as if he is and just yesterday my mom said you know trump said in his book if you tell a lie Enough times, I think there's even a specific number, like three times, people will start to believe it. And I, and once again, I, you have to, it is, everyone needs to know, it is imperative that we all fact check, fact check, fact check, fact check. Because there's just as much misinformation for people who read liberal news as there is for people who want conservative news. It's just, you have to fact check everything. So I fact checked it, went on Snopes.com, Snopes makes it easy to fact check anything, and... There it was. Trump has never, ever said that. He has never said that. It is a completely made-up false quote that probably the Russians planted, or who knows who planted it, but it's, it, he's never said that. And uh, we have to... It's very imperative, because it's, it's sad that, that the onus is on us to be the truth-tellers as, as uh, progressives. But it's true. We have to be the ones who stand up for truth. We have to be the ones to stand up for facts and science, even if it goes against what we want to be true. Because that's sort of what's losing in this whole thing, is we're losing, and it's happening so quickly, the idea of truth and objective facts are just dying. It's dying. People believe that confirmation bias is real, and it's pervasive on both sides. Anyway, so that's best phone call. <laughs> Patrick Keene is uh, is a comedian, and I've known him. For, okay, it's just so weird to, to talk about people in terms of more than a decade. I've known him for about fifteen years, and a uh, very funny guy. Uh, it's it's to see the other side of things. Is there are people who are just not working, and they they're self employed. When you're a comedian, you're a self employed person, and like he has no idea when comedy clubs are going to come back. When are comedy clubs going to come back? When is he going to be able to perform again and do, you know, practice his craft and make money being a comedian when there are no comedy clubs? You know, same thing's true with drag queens. What's going to happen to these people? When are these things going to come back? It's going to be years. The, the industry is going to be decimated. Here's the thing, though. I will say, 
when it comes back, that is the time it going to it. There's going to be sort of some good news to this, which is like I, I think I've discussed this before. There are are very funny comedians who like some of the funniest people I know. You've never heard of. They're not famous. But they're just for whatever reason not famous. I wonder if that's gonna be their time. Because a lot it will it's gonna weed out I can't speak for drag, but in comedy, it's gonna weed out a lot of the semi pros who are shitty but taking up the room. And I think it's going to believe the ones who are truly passionate about the craft when it first starts up again are gonna be uh the ones who are left standing. Uh and hopefully that's the case. Uh, and then after that, and so anyway, Patrick Keene, yeah, so Patrick Keene to make money is driving for Uber Eats, and we were talking about that, and uh, I thought about it later, I was like, why doesn't he do, uh, Instacart? I, I keep talking about this Instacart, I think it's the Republican in me comes out, because we have 14 point some odd percent unemployment, okay? Then we have... Instacart cannot get enough drivers to fill their orders. How is it that uh, Pat Keene... Well, no, Pat Keene's driving for Uber Eats. I'm going to call him. I don't even think he's thought of Instacart. Uh, but, like, Patrick Keene should be doing Instacart, but, like, people who are unemployed... Uh, now, I've actually brought this up with people who explained to me, like, well, what you're having right now is, let's see what happens in October, let's say when the uh, people's unemployment checks stop coming uh and uh they uh then they run out of money and now they have to go to Instacart and Uber Eats and Uber and all that jazz. Uh, so I don't know how long before Uber comes back cuz I don't think people are really taking rides anywhere but uh, Instacart though and those, those food delivery services man they're doing I think they're doing bang up business. I'm I'm going to bring that up to Patrick King. All right, then I talked to, but it was overall a positive call. He's always a positive person, but uh, yeah, he's having to drive for Uber Eats right now because stand up comedy is dead. One of the funniest people I know is driving for Uber Eats because stand up comedy, live stand up comedy, is dead. Next after that, I talked to my cousin Natalie. Not really much of anything worth uh, mentioning here. Uh, we were just sort of shooting the shit, uh, talking about what's going on in our lives and. Um, that was just more of a catch-up thing. And then uh, after that, I talked to AfterBuzz TV's Jay Ellis. And, you know, it is so funny because everybody gets half an hour. And Jay Ellis and Mike Lawson both have the luxury of being my last call of the morning block. And it's kind of by design in that, uh, well, Mike Lawson is a different bird. Because Mike, sweet Michael is right before Mike Lawson. And I should probably text Mike Lawson this and, t- and warn him. But, like, even though sweet Michael and I are confined to half an hour, and I'll probably keep it a half an hour, there is a chance it can go a little longer. And Mike Lawson is flexible. So I don't feel bad texting Mike Lawson if I go, like, this is going to go longer and he'll be like, fine. Jay Ellis, has, I know, has a long drive on Wednesday. It's when he drives out to go see his bosses in Palm Springs. And so I call him around, you know, and so I schedule more time for him. And it's something about the way Jay and I talk. We can talk for like, I was cutting him off and we'd gone 45 minutes because I had to call Danny at one. So, uh, and with Jay Ellis, what did I learn with Jay Ellis? You know, we had a really good talk. I I talked in depth about my, I told you, my, my proposal for an OnlyFans, an Afterthought Media OnlyFans page will not feature Joe Batanz. Uh, we were laughing about that. Oh, God, there's something that I can't even mention. Like, uh, 
an idea I have for something and it not a podcast. And um yeah, just you know we again, he and I are really good. Cause I think we're both kind of ADD, so we can jump topics very easily. And we both have a similar sense of humor, so we laugh and it, it's just a really really good phone call. And then after that I had Danny who once again had to tell me about uh, the guy he's in has a crush on, who once again sounds more and more like Joe Batanz. You know, stocky Latino guy who does podcasting and hates to go camping. That's what it's... <laughs> that's, like, he was like, he was telling me the other day he hates to go camping. And I was like, yeah, well... Sounds like I should be dating this guy. Not you. Anyway, uh, all right, well, that's going to do it for today. Tomorrow, I guess I'll give you the report on tomorrow's phone calls. But uh, I'm going to call Mercedes right now. Who knows what we're going to talk about? Talk to Shane. It's going to be a good time. But you will hear from me tomorrow, right here on this Joe Batanz, right here on Amazon Media. <laughs>